Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, guys. With all the initials, DJ, PK, ESPN, everything else that's going on. So how you guys doing today? <laughs> Pretty good, LK. We're good. <laughs> there you go, see? <laughs> DJ. It, rolls, it just rolls right off. <laughs> DJ, PK, and LK together again. <laughs> all day. Here we go. That's all good. 3-0. <laughs> and oh, How long will the dream last? Got a Monday night game coming up with the 2-1 and one Chargers. I mean, it's early to say it's a big game, but... It's a division game by two teams that are off to good starts, so it's certainly interesting, even if you want, don't want to put well, the big game gigantic. label on it. Gigantic. Well, I, I do. Yeah. Game four. Monday night we game. Got, we got gigantic early in the, in the first month of the season. Yeah, look, look, for the most part, guys, I will say this. That even though the Raiders are 3-0, and they still have a number of holes on both sides of the ball and all facets of the ball. And they've made a, you know, a few games interesting, way more interesting than they should have been. But uh, the Chargers are a good football team. And I've, I've thought all this season um, that, uh, you know, this is probably one of the more competitive, more difficult divisions in all of football. Um, so, I, I, you know, I just figure that these teams are going to beat up on each other, probably take advantage of home field advantage uh, throughout the season. So it, it's going to be a big test for the Raiders coming into to Los Angeles and playing the Chargers. Yeah, the way I look at this from the Raider perspective, I mean, the Chargers are a challenger, but you look at somebody like Carr and Waller, I mean, they're outstanding. I mean, I think Carr yeah. is just kicking butt. But in that division, you know, we think of Mahomes and Kelsey, two, right. two players at those positions. So here's a chance on national television, literally no other games going on, as we know, that they can really show the world, hey, this, particularly these two guys, we're just as good, if not better, because it seems like there's a little crack going on with the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm one of those guys, because I lived through it, that believes in the words Super Bowl hangover. I'm not, coming into the season, I didn't think the Chiefs were going to be able to make a run this year. I thought the rest of the AFC had caught up with them enough to where the Chiefs might be down. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to have like a 4-12 and record like I did uh, when, I, when I played the year after the Super Bowl, but I think that there's, there's a little bit of a bigger chink in the armor, if you will. But that being aside, when it comes to the Chargers and, and playing the game, you know, Gruden, who's typically a conservative coach, is going to have his hands full because if he doesn't find a way to look, the, the running game's not where they want it by week four at, at any stretch of the imagination. The running game's not there. The offensive line is still a process in work, and the scheme is still a, a work in process, progress, I should say. Um, but it's, it's, it's not where they want it. So they're going to have to find a way to find other ways to control the time of possession because, for what it's worth, Justin Herbert and this offensive unit for the Chargers has gotten progressively better, and they have weapons. So it's not like you want to turn the ball over to them and get into a shootout, but it might very well look like one of the old uh, Raider versus Kansas City games over the last couple of years where it is an offensive shootout. So I'm really, over the last few years, really bought in the idea that you kind of tiptoed around right there, you alluded to it, that a work in progress that's what the NFL is. It was really on full display with the Bucks last year, who were clearly yeah. a better team in November than they were in September, and they were clearly a better team in January than they were in November. And I think this goes against what a lot of fans think. Hey, these guys are pros. They're at the height of their profession, and they go out and do it. But these teams have got to improve. Can winning football in September win later? Or even the teams that start off 3-0 and have got to be better in December and January. There was... Um 
trying to remember which coach said it, but in my playing my playing days, if you win in November, December, you play in January, and so there's a rhythm. Uh, Gruden was always about separating the season in quarters. This is the first quarter. The first four games is the first quarter. Depends on how you come out. Now, right now, the Raiders are sitting in a good situation, being three and zero. They beat three teams that had at least ten wins last year. Uh, two of them were playoff teams. They're going up against another good football team that's always played them well because they're in the division. And you know, I think there's you know no 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 definitive strike against Anthony Lynn, but his coaching staff over the last couple of years just mismanaged the Chargers in closing out games. That's one of the reasons why their record was there what it was. But with that being said, going forward, they've gotten a rhythm about themselves. They've gotten a rhythm, especially to where they are right now at 2-1. and one. This is going to be a difficult task. One, you know, because it's the Raiders and the Chargers, and they've always been historically challenging towards one another. We've always played challenging games when we played one another. Um, and, but two, you know, I think the Chargers are playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. When you turn on the TV Monday night, you're going to probably see a lot more silver and black in the stands than you are going to see blue and gold. That's to be expected. And now the Chargers, since they're a good football team, really have a point to prove that this is they, they want their spot in L.A. So they're going to be even more motivated playing. So these are the little things that come into game day actions that are going to work, you know, whether in a team's favor or against them. But it, nonetheless, it's, it's a game that you get amped for, and it's a game that should be interesting to watch. So you've already said you thought there'd be a little bit of a hangover for the Chiefs, and they're sitting there at one and two. Broncos are three and zero. Then, with that in mind, and we know the Raiders are three and zero. Who do you list as the favorite in the division? I'm one of these guys that prove that, that wants to say that you don't know what you can do until you prove it and go out there and play against somebody. Um, with that being said, I've come into the season saying that the, the Broncos were going to eventually figure it out. Now, I know they didn't play teams that, that had winning records last year, so it's really kind of a stretch to see how good their 3-0 and is. But I do believe that the Chargers were a good team since they found Justin Herbert and all the offensive weapons and what they had on defense even before they found Justin Herbert. And I thought the Raiders were going to be competitive. So when you talk about standout on the divisions, the Chiefs are going to be competitive. There's no way that you can discount a good quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and that offense and what they've done. They just have another a, a number of other, other distractions. With that being said, when it comes down to playoff time, I don't expect the Chiefs to win the playoffs. I mean, to, to be in the playoffs. I expect them to probably be knocking on the door for a wild card. But in the, in the interim, the rest of the teams in this division are going to beat up on each other. And I really don't know. I think, you know, this weekend coming in with the Raiders and the Chargers is going to be a telltale sign of who's probably going to take the initial step to, to, to maybe govern the division. But right now it's really too early to tell. Are there uh, any of the teams at 2-1 uh, and one that really jump out at you? We're not talking about them because they're undefeated, but hey, th- these are pretty good football teams. They lost an early game, so what? I got them circled. They're going to be really good by the end of the year. No, you know what? In all honesty, guys, because my, my work with college football as well as with the Raiders, I haven't really been able to just sit down and watch a lot of football games. So there's there's a lot to be missed within the first month of the season, and especially when you come out of preseason. You know what the Raiders did in preseason, I, I thought was just 
it was just wrong. Um, not playing a lot of their starters and they're taking a little bit of a rough start. Now they're fortunate to be three and L. There's no doubt about it because this team, in my opinion, the Raiders still have a lot of flaws that can be exploited. And once it comes across a good football team, they probably will be exploited. Um, I think they were very fortunate to face the the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Dolphins, who have all had offensive line issues and really had issues at the quarterback position and protecting the quarterback. And, and, you know, the Ravens, without their star running backs and stuff like that, really had to depend on other things or other people uh, coming out the gate, Lamar Jackson. And, and they were fortunate enough to win, as well as in Pittsburgh, as well as last week uh, against, you know, the, the Dolphins, uh, because they made that game far more interesting than they had. But um, I still think this team has a lot of flaws. And, and as I said a moment ago, it's going to be it, it, there's going to come a good team, and it might be the balance attack for this team that they're facing this this Monday night that's going to exploit those flaws and really challenge this team to really step up in many other ways that they hadn't expected yet. There's a number of teams in the league that are 0 and 3, and I can safely say I feel confident in saying those teams suck, and they'll <laughs> they'll continue to suck. Right, right. So I got that at 0 and 3. But I'm really intrigued by teams that are three and zero, right? Because I don't know that I can say, well, those teams are going to be great. The Raiders yeah. being the one, Broncos both in the yeah. same division. You got in the in the uh, across the board in the NFC West. The the Rams I think are going to be good. The Cardinals right. are three and zero, but I'm not sure. So it's kind of funny in that. Why well, if you're if you're zero and three, I know you suck. But if you're three and zero, I don't know if you're really good yet. Is that fair? Uh, very fair. Very fair, because you really don't know what to... You know, here's the thing. When you look at somebody like the Broncos, you have to take in consideration that they're playing basically a last-place schedule. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're taking on teams. You know, I think it's the Giants, the Jaguars, and who was the other one? But they didn't have, you know, had a combined limited number of wins over the last couple of years. So you, you take that in consideration, okay? It is what it is, but still the fact that they're 3-0. I've said all along the Broncos were eventually going to figure it out. They're going to get a piece at quarterback, and they've been dipping and dabbing with Aaron Rodgers and other things, but Teddy Bridgewater has been solid for them. They have weapons on offense. We know about it. They've been a quarterback away of being competitive, and now because of their schedule, they are competitive, and they're up in the upper, upper ranks. I don't necessarily think they're as good as their record says, but it is what it is. You have to deal with it when you have to deal with it. And the Raiders have to cross that path when they do, playing them twice this season. Um, as far as other teams go in the National Football League, it's look, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did something that no other team has done, especially after winning a Super Bowl. They brought their entire team back, the same team back. They got hot because of their defense in the latter part of the last year. And I'm still convinced, as much people want to anoint Tom Brady uh, in, this, in this episode, that the fact that, you know, he threw three interceptions in an NFC championship game, they shouldn't have won that football game. They, they, they should not have won that football game. It's, when you lose a turnover battle, you're not supposed to win games statistically. But because of the defense, they were that much better. With that being said, going forward, 
they still are a strong team. And I think the NFC is competitive. I think that you saw that with the Rams because the moment the Rams got Matthew Stafford, I mean, I put $100 down on 32-1 to 1 odds that they would be in the NFC Championship. I say they're going to win the Super Bowl. I say they're going to be in the NFC Championship. So they're on the way, and my bet is still good. Um, <laughs> but, but for the most part, you know, it's still up in the air because there have been so many intangibles due to preseason, due to post-COVID uh, from last year, so many intangibles for so many teams that it's still a long season. And promise, I'll promise you guys this. With that 17th game, that's going to have a lot of coaches being try to be creative and smart in how to defend some of their players midway through the season. And you might get people who are sitting down and resting just because they, they, they want to try to protect them for the end of the season. You know, in the Pac-12, uh, the Pac-12 South is not good, but it mm. might end up being entertaining because right. there aren't any dominant teams. And if everybody's, you know, getting a B and nobody's getting an A, then, well, <laughs> it's entertaining. There's six games with these four teams head-to-head. It seems like four teams can all make a case. Hey, we might be the team that does it. Why not us? Arizona and Colorado can't make that case, but everybody no. else has a chance to make a case. Right. With that said, UCLA and Arizona State have the first of those six head-to-head matchups. Uh, do you like either team one more than another? Is this the kind of thing you watch just because, man, I don't know what's going to happen in this game? UCLA. I think UCLA is a team to beat in the South now. I think they're you know looking at them and watching film on them. They've got some pieces in place. They've made some minor mistakes along the way, but things that can be coachable. I think UCLA is is the one who's going to take the South. Do you think that if they got behind, they'd be able to play catch-up a little bit? Because it seems like they're more of a running team. They've had a couple of good runners. Yeah. But I'm not sure that DTR, if you could just say, boys, get on my back, I'm going to take you home. Yeah, I mean, I think that is it's a great point. And I do think there's some validity to that point. Um, It's But you know, the thing is, is that overall in the South, I don't see offensive firepower that's going to be able to step it up on a consistent basis to stretch them and really put the panic, push the panic button for them. Uh, DTR is not going to be able to lead them back. I, I think the running game is going to be balanced enough to, to, to keep teams, opposing teams on their heels. Okay. Obviously, the Utes have had to deal with the ultimate tragedy here, losing two t- yeah, teammates dying yeah. within a year. I mean, it's just awful. It's just, it's brutal. I'm curious if you went through anything like that in your career, if there's anything you can draw, if you've had that experience, anything you can explain, or uh, like the rest of us, you just, you shake your head and you feel awful. No, you shake your head. I mean, it's, it really is sad. I do believe there's way too much violence in this world. Um, But I also know that, you know, back in my day, we were never told to stay clear of parties or don't hang out and have good times. It just wasn't a senseless meaning to life and death. I mean, you, you, you have a blatant disrespect for life in the world today. It, it, and, and it's sad. And it, it really, as a parent to three children who are teenagers right now and looking to go to college, you know, I don't, I don't know where to put them at because let's face it, you know, when parents meet with coaches about potential scholarships for them to go on and try to better themselves, the mindset is that I'm turning my child over to you. I want you to protect them. I want you to to nourish them. I want them to grow under your tutelage. You don't ever expect that you're turning over your child and you're never going to see him again. And 
and unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. And so it's hard. You know, my heart and my sentiment goes out to the family, obviously, as well as to the Utah program. I mean, the, the, the tragedies that they have, they've been before, they faced with them uh, over the past year is just senseless and unimaginable in many respects. Um, so it, it really is a, a tragedy in its own. Well, we appreciate your time and your perspective. Thanks for coming on and talking with us, Lincoln, and we will talk to you again next week. The guys with the initials, I appreciate it, guys. Be well. See you next week. (laughs) DJ, PK, and LK. Weekly. I was thinking about what he said. I was thinking about this uh, this last earlier in the week. We haven't really talked about it because as much, I don't know what we can add. But obviously, I'm going to a fair share of house parties and bars and whatnot, going to NAU and ASU, and never once did I think, oh, somebody's going to have a gun, and someone's going to get shot. It just wasn't even on your mindset. It literally never, ever crossed my mind whatsoever that that would happen. In the college community I was in, uh, working late shifts at the radio station, and there were parties, and there were guys... Friends of mine working jobs in food service, you know, pizza places and that kind of stuff that were working until 11 and midnight. So there were lots of us who were out. Some cases by ourselves, 10, 11, midnight, 1 a.m. And you didn't think anything of it and nothing ever happened. And it wasn't really on the table or a topic for discussion. And the neighborhood where this happened, kid had carpooled with us, lived maybe 10 houses away from where everything happened last weekend. It's not... The kind of place where I, th- I think what you said, where it wasn't even on the radar. I don't think it was on anybody's radar in this neighborhood on Friday. And yet Saturday night, you know, they're hearing noises. They're hearing pops. They're calling the police. I don't think it was on their radar either. But there it is. All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Greg Rebell is coming up in 15 minutes to talk BYU football. Stay with us.